I love you guys. I love this family. Here's my hope as your pastor that this is a place that you want you you want to bring your friends to. Uh, that this is a safe enough place they're going to be loved on. Uh, it's a place that you love, a place for your friends to be able to come and to see Jesus and to hear about Jesus and to, to be loved by him, to be loved by each other. I hope this is a place that you come and are excited to come every week, um, that you're meeting new friends, that you have your friends here, that this is an important uh, place to be in your life. Uh, friendship is important. And by the way, I want to challenge you because we don't do our greeting time anymore, but you know there's some extra time before service, after service, to hang out, to greet one another, uh, to just kind of check on each other, meet some someone new. But friendship is, a, is an important piece of our life. And um, we're going to see a super important piece of our life as we get to the sermon. But can I tell you that social media has wrecked the definition of friendship, right? Someone's like, hey, I've been your friend for months. I follow you. I'm like, you follow what? My picture, my amazing meme qualities, you know, and content. Like, that's absolutely surface level. There's no depth to a friendship online. Sorry, all my influencers. Um, but there's, there's an element, right? It's nice to share. And if you really do know them and you're their friend, then, yeah, that's cool. Hey, I'm glad you got to do this. Um, and, or whatever. But real friendship happened before the internet, before computers. True friend requests, true hangout friend time was growing up. Alright? Um, I had all my good friends probably in a two, a two block radius of my house. In fact, I have a picture of my house right there. Oh, that was good. Um, this is in Lompoc, California. I'm up at the top of the hill on the right, on the corner. Um, so this is a pretty decent hill. Okay, if you were my friend and you were part of my friend group, you had a bike. All right? Lots of great fun down the, down the hill. At the end of the, the street is, was a church with a dirt lot. Epic for building jumps and all sorts of stuff. Also, if you had a skateboard, because skateboarding down that hill was... Awesome, especially jumping off the curb about halfway uh, on that second driveway. Um, we did catamaran style. Have you guys ever done that? Wait, you guys don't even go outside. You play video games all day. No, <laughs> sorry. Um, catamaran, yeah, you sit across from each other, legs intertwined, and you held arms. Well, you could lean, and I mean, you're you're weaving and going back and forth down that hill. So if you're a friend, you hung out. Like, we spent a lot of time together, except for Saturday mornings. Because there was about a two-hour window where you didn't go outside and play because that was the prime time for the best cartoons of the week. Saturday morning. Um, but as friends, like, you hung out, okay? It wasn't via a friend request, social media. You spent time together. Uh, we're going to see how important it is that having a real friendship with a real person requires some effort, requires something that that you are giving to that friendship. Uh, and we're going to read in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17, this picture of Jesus calling us as friends. And what does that look like? What does that look like for us to be the friends of Jesus? And we're going to see uh, that he isn't just sharing this with his disciples. Um, it's for all of us. Um, and it applies to us that Jesus... I mean, 
God in flesh, the Holy Son of God wants to be our friend. So read with me John 15, verses 12 through 17. And it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So I want to take a look this morning of what it looks like to be friends with Jesus. Uh, first point is that you got to prove it. There's got to be evidence. And how do you prove it? The second point is love one another. Uh, to love others. And then the cool part is this relationship factor of Jesus. He gives us why. Why that's important. Uh, so you got to prove it. Prove it by loving one another. And then Jesus shares the why and, the, and kind of the big picture of how he's going to use us. So this first part is you got to prove it. Look at verse 14. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So wait a second, if. I thought this whole relationship, this love from Jesus was unconditional, right? It didn't depend on, on us at all. We bring nothing to the table. Um, but Jesus does love us. And things don't depend on us, but we do have to be able to prove and show evidence of this relationship that we have with Jesus. Uh, read with me Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Because we truly know that we bring nothing. It is all about the work of Christ in our life through the Father and the Holy Spirit. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So it's not up to us. It is unconditional love. It is a relationship uh, that, that we just simply need to surrender and give our faith and believe in. But there's got to be a little bit of evidence. Okay, We don't earn Jesus' love. We don't earn his friendship. But there's going to be evidence in our life that we are friends with Jesus. Okay? And we don't expect people to earn our friendship, right? You know, currently I have five or six applications uh, and to be my best friend. Uh, one or two might make the cut. I might need to re, you know, remarket myself for better, uh, better set of applications. No, no one does that, right? You know, if you want to be my friend, here's the top 10 things that you have to do every day. If you don't do it, you're not my friend anymore. We don't do that. But there is some evidence of friendships that we have in our life and relationships. Uh, some level of condition. Uh, because relationships take work. We know that. If you're in a marriage, uh, if you're engaged, if you have friends, a girlfriend, boyfriend, regular friends. it You've got to kind of, there's some back and forth, give and take. A little bit of effort that has to happen. Uh, by the way, there shouldn't be a to-do list. If you have someone showing up saying, hey, if you'd like to be my friend, here's my list take off, like run. You don't need them to be your friend at all. Um, but there's some things that come out of it naturally because we care for that person. We love them. Uh, and so there's going to be evidence and proof that we are their friend. And if I had someone that, you know, never ever replied to a text or email or a phone call 
or I found out that they were in, in deep need and had went, reached out to some different people and never reached out to me. Uh, and I would reach out to them for help and they never responded. Like if there's zero communication, I'm not going to say, man, he made it to the top 10 friend list for Randy. No, there's got to be something that proves and something that shows that we are in a relationship. We bring nothing to the table in our relationship with Jesus, but there's got to be proof. Um, and Jesus is saying, basically, show me the evidence, show me the proof, and says, if you are my friend, you will do what I command you. And what's that commandment? To love one another. Um, there's, there's the evidence of our relationship with Jesus pours out of our life into one, into others. Uh, and so the second part, the second point is to love one another. If we're friends with Jesus, we're going to love others. Uh, verse 12 says, this is my commandment that you love one another. We talked last week about abiding. What that meant to kind of just rest, have our relationship with Jesus. We get all that we have, our life, uh, our eternal life. Everything comes from God. It's kind of this vertical relationship, right? We rely totally on God. Remember last week we talked about, wouldn't that be amazing with no distractions? Just me and God, you know, deserted island, no other people and annoying people in my life. Um, it's just, I want to praise and worship God all day, every day. Okay, that's the vertical part. But Jesus is saying, because of this, there's going to be these horizontal relationships. And that there's going to be this outpouring of our faith in Jesus to others. That we are to love others. Um, and we... we it, it, it just has to happen. There's no way to hold that in. For truly believers and truly have Christ, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's going to show. There will be evidence. So Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another. And again, it's this relationship of give and take. Okay, We have our church family, the people in this room, the people that attend here at First Baptist Waldorf, there needs to be some give and take. I love you. You love me. You know, I want to serve you. You want to serve me. There's this, this relationship, this bond that is going on. Uh, and it's to love one another. And as disciples of Jesus, we are to love one another. Scripture says to bear one another's burdens, to lift each other up, to encourage one another. Uh, and if that's not happening, we're wasting our time. Um, and, and it needs to happen. And my desire is that it is happening continually. Here's the hard part. This is a hard part for me. Okay. Love one another, but sometimes it's not so easy to open yourselves up to be vulnerable enough to be loved. Right. Sometimes it's easy to kind of hold back. You know, you don't need to know everything about me. I'm going to live my life. Hey, I'll live. I'll love you. I'll take care of you. But how difficult is it sometimes to be loved? And to receive that. Uh, and we struggle with that sometimes. Uh, it is harder to allow someone else to get to know us than it is for us to know about someone else. So this back and forth, love one another, is an outpouring of our relationship with Jesus. But here's the thing. The level of, of Jesus' love that he has for others, okay, he says to love one another as I have loved you. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. That That's a whole different level. There are going to be people that Jesus calls us to love that we don't love. 
that we have a hard, difficult time to love. And then verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. That's the Jesus kind of love. That's the Jesus kind of friendship. Uh, that it is the willingness to love one another, but as at a level that he has is to be able to lay your life down for others. Now, I will lay my life down for Carrie and Tyler and Ryan and Cameron, maybe the top three of my friend list, if you qualify. I'm just kidding. You know, there there are some people I would I would lay my life down for, but honestly, I don't know if I would for everyone that I'm supposed to love. That's a whole different level. Uh, Turn with me to Romans 5.10, because here's the catch. Jesus not only laid down his life for those he loved, for his friends, he laid down his life for everyone. Uh, Romans 5.10 says this. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. At one point, we were enemies of God. We were enemies of Jesus. And and to realize that he sacrificed himself on a cross for all of us, okay? From enemy to friend was a sacrifice, an ultimate sacrifice that we can never achieve. We can never attain. But to understand that because of Jesus and our relationship with him and this outpouring of our love for him and his love for us, there's going to be evidence and proof of that in our life as we love one another. This horizontal relationship, or the horizontal relationship can only happen because of the vertical relationship. It's impossible to love others in this world, isn't it? Uh, It's impossible with different situations, uh, different things that have happened in our life that we're like, nope, never want to talk to them again. But only by the the relationship we have with Jesus and his work in our life, are we able to to work through those? Uh, And to understand that we are at peace with God entirely because of the atoning work of the Son. Uh, We don't have an opportunity or the capacity to love others without the love that Jesus gave to us. By his shed blood covering our sins, by him rising again from death to, to conquer sin and death for us. Uh, gives us the capacity to love because it's a God love that we are able to share with others. The only way that we can love one another is that God loved us first. Uh, And so there's evidence in our life that we are friends with Jesus by loving one another. And here's the great thing. We get kind of the why, the inside track. Okay, he didn't just give us a to-do list. You know, knock these out. Uh, Once you've completed them, you're, you're fine. But if you don't, If you don't complete them, you're out. Sorry, you're out of luck. No, it's a relationship. And in a relationship, there is this this concern and care for for us. And where Jesus is like, look, I'm going to show you. And I've been telling you all along who I am, what I'm going to accomplish, what is coming. We've seen this all through the book of John. Uh, Read verse 15 with me says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Okay, this isn't like me calling up a friend and saying, hey, I need help right now. I'll see you in two minutes. Right? I'm not going to do that. If I did that to any of my friends, I wouldn't 
they would not answer my phone calls or texts, right? Usually if you need help, you're like, hey, I've got this piano to move or whatever to get done at the house, a project, and I can't accomplish it without you. I need your help. And so kind of give the why. And Jesus is doing that, that he is going to give us the, the big picture of, of who he is, which he has, what he's about to do, and what he's going to accomplish. Uh, and to understand that it's more than this to-do list. Jesus is going to reveal what he is about to accomplish. And he's, he's hours away from the cross. Um, but we see that Jesus is saying, look, I'm telling you why all these things happen and what they mean. I'm telling you what the master is doing. Uh, I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen and why. I've told you from the beginning that these things are, are going to happen. Um, I'm telling you all that the Father has given me. Like, there is nothing withdrawn in this relationship. We have all access to God. And he, we have given God all access to us. So here's an incredible privilege that we have. Uh, this relationship that we have with God. And I kind of imagine that here's this label that we are his friends. Imagine being kind of an in, inner circle, this entourage of a king or an emperor, right? Okay, you kind of, you're besties with the king. Uh, you get to hang out in the castle. Uh, he takes you through all the cool little corridors. You get the extra cool, the really good meals that the king gets. You know, you're part of this inner circle of friends with the king. Here's the thing. You are still the subject of the king. You still give the honor and praise to the king that anyone else would, but yet you're friends. And here's this, this relationship that we have with Jesus that he describes as a friend. Um, that you have access to all that he brings, everything that the Father has shared with him, all with the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, and we have this relationship that is dear to him, and I pray it's dear to us, but yet we still honor him as our God and as our king. And so this this picture of of Jesus explaining why. Here's why I need you to to obey my commands. Here's why I need to you to love others. It's because of all that I have done. He's saying I want to accomplish something with you. Uh, and it's it's you and me and I and you uh, and the Father is being glorified, the Holy Spirit's involved, and it is in us, and at work in us, uh, and we are to abide together and to bear much fruit. And so here's this picture of this relationship that we have. Read with me 16 and 17. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. That he chose us, that he appointed us, uh, and gave us responsibility to go and to bear fruit. That we should abide, uh, that we have this access to the Father. All of these come from our love for Jesus. And from that comes our love for others. Uh, in verse 12 again, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Everything is wrapped up in this. Everything that he is doing, all that he shared, all that the Father has given him to share with his disciples that we see throughout the book of John, throughout all of Scripture, comes down to this, that you love him and that you love others. Read with me Matthew 22, 
verses 36 to 40. Because we've seen this theme all throughout Scripture. Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Okay, here's our vertical relationship. Love God with everything um, because he's all in with us. This is a great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Everything in this book depends on our love for God and our love for one another. You can have an amazing relationship with God, but we're not on a deserted island. We have others to love, and there are people in desperate need of the love of Jesus. Even within this room, definitely out in this world, that we have an opportunity to love because Jesus loved us first. And to understand that we have to answer first, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And if you love Jesus, then love one another. And why? Because he's shown us all of it. And so here's this relationship that we have. Here's this opportunity that we have to glorify God in all that we do. And that includes loving others. And, and we know this isn't easy. We know there's some very challenging relationships in our life. Um, but with God and his love for us, there's an opportunity for us to serve others and to love others. And, and I was thinking through, you know, I love our bumper video this round. It sounds like this real intense you know, First Baptist Church, Waldorf, we connect with God and one another in the community, right? Now you're going to hear that next time and be like, yep, Pastor Randy's right. But, but here's the thing. Connect is nothing without love. It's not about this connect. Hey, yeah, I attend church. Yeah, I've got some people I know. No, it starts with this connection with God, this love for God, this absolute relationship that can only happen through Jesus as the way. And through him, we have this wonderful access to the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit that we connect with God, that we are all in, and do we truly love him? And then from this overflow in our life comes a relationship with one another, that we connect with one another. Not just connect, love, adore, miss people when they're in the pews. Man, I... I, you know, where's so-and-so? Here's an opportunity to understand that this is for everyone. I don't care your background. I don't care what family setting you have. I don't care what political lean you have. Uh, I don't care what football team you like. I don't care your music preference. I don't care. Because none of it cares if I don't love you. And that you don't love us. And that you don't love one another. That is primary. The other stuff, yeah, we can talk about. Whatever, but if you're not being loved in this room, if you're not being loved in this church, you better let me know, because we have a problem. But I, I, I'm not saying that, by the way, like, yeah, you guys are being terrible. No, I know that there is love within this family, but we can always love more. We can always receive more. I pray that this is a place that your friends can come and be loved. I'm praying that you, this is a place that you come and are loved. Uh, because that's our primary responsibility. We'll get the rest of all this. We're always going to preach Jesus. We're always going to teach Jesus. We're always going to continue to grow in our faith, but it means nothing without love.
Uh, and so this challenge from Jesus to his disciples, because it's a big, bad world outside these walls. And we're, we'll get to that next week. World hates us. World hates Jesus. So he's prepping his disciples, prepping us that we have an amazing relationship with God. And out of that flows this relationship that we have with others that we can continue to love one another. By the way, because I have a couple of more minutes, you know a really cool way to love people is to get to know them. You know a really cool way to know them is to hang out with them. Okay? Being on a committee together, doing a task together. Okay? One of those really cool tasks is working in a nursery. <laughs> working with our children. No, hold on. Because then you get to know the kids and really can understand the parents, like where they're coming from, right? You're, it, it's not this, hey, we do need workers, all right? We need people everywhere. But it's about connecting and hanging out. I get to go to Guatemala with 10 others in two weeks. I love my road trips. By the way, I'm really working again, too, to, to get my weight down so I can really enjoy my road trip snacks. Because don't snacks taste better on road trips? Okay? But here's the thing. We're going to do amazing things for God in Guatemala. We're going to meet amazing people. But a really big joy in my life for these trips is hanging out with who I'm going with. Um, and there's something to living life alongside others outside this hour of worship, outside your hour of Bible study, Hang out before. Hang out after. Go out to lunch with someone today. Like we've got to invest our lives in each other. All because of what Christ has done for us. Um, and that's an amazing picture of what Jesus wants for our lives and for this church. Uh, to be a place that you better be loved. Um, and for anyone else that needs to come through here that they are, we love on them. And it is obvious. There's proof that we love Jesus because of how much we love each other and love our community. Um, we are about to go into Lord's Supper. We're going to have a time of invitation. And I pray that you can just continue to prepare your hearts. Uh, prepare for this time of, of communion that we say thank you, Jesus. And re- remember his sacrifice and how that plays out in our own life. Uh, that we have... A God that loves us, um, a son who came to die for us. And then it's not just that act, one and done. There's a relationship there that he desires. And to, to, to just have a time of reflection on that. Uh, and so as we go into a time of invitation, it's a time, if you want to come join this church, uh, if you don't quite understand all this stuff about loving Jesus and haven't made him Lord of your life, come and talk to me. Come and talk to someone. But we'll have our time of invitation and then go into Lord's Supper. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for the reminder continually how much you love us, how much you adore us. And from that comes a love that is indescribable, a love that gives us the strength and the courage to love others, as difficult as it might be or as easy as it might be. But I pray that you are seen Uh, on the faces of everyone that comes through this door and everyone uh, that leaves this place, uh, that, that it is evident of our love for you and our love for one another. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.